It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Well, welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, that is 95.7 in Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto. Anywhere across the country, if you download the Radio Player Canada app. And you can type in one of those two coordinates and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Type in 106.5 E-L-M-N-T-F-M or 95.7 E-L-M-N-T-F-M. And you can also be listening on one of your favorite podcast platforms. And we also want to welcome other radio stations that are carrying Moment of Truth on their networks. And we welcome all those listeners as well. It's also a pleasure to welcome to our show today members of Amplified Opera. We have them all with us, and they are Taya Kasahara, Marion Newman, Asita Tenakun, and Arya Umazawa. And actually, Arya is also the Canadian stage director. And it's a pleasure to have them all to talk about Amplified Opera, which is a fairly new uh, collective based out of Toronto. And it makes the case for opera's continued existence and relevance within the modern world. It launched in 2019. The company's core values are rooted in five C's that govern its mission and artistic practices. There are conversation, community, creativity, curiosity, and compassion. Now, launching in 2019, it did start with a few concert recitals and a series of panels and explored stories of blindness and vision loss, gender expectations in opera, and differences in black identity across the U.S. and Canadian border. So it's a pleasure to have them all here. And you might actually be familiar with one of the, one of the people involved, Taya Kasahara, because they were featured in the news as one of the people singing on the balcony almost a year ago. If you can imagine that, folks, it's almost a year ago when things started to happen and we saw those balcony singers in Italy. And uh, then, of course, we saw them happening uh, as other people took that up. So welcome to all to Moment of Truth. It's so great to have you guys here. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks, David. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Now, of course, this is uh, something that is a, a sort of a, a joint effort between Amplified Opera and the Canadian Opera Company because you are the disruptors. You're the disruptors in residence, which is, which is a name I love as well. Who would like to tell me a little bit about how this how this got started? Aria? Um, well, I was uh, in conversation with Nina Dragnich at the COC um, and she asked if I had any projects that I thought would be um, a suitable partnership between Amplified Opera and the COC. Mm. Um, and in talking with the team um, and sort of going back and forth between the two organizations, this was something that felt like a really good fit. Um, it felt like something that would uh, help us explore the type of work that we're trying to do, not only as artists, but as um, as an organization within the industry. Um, and it was in line with many of the values that the COC has been discussing that they would like to put into practice in their own organization as well. Mm. Uh, so it, it seemed like a good fit. Uh, and we chose Disruptor in Residence because I think we wanted to... Um, wanted to really convey a sense that our our role within the organization was to shake things up, mm. um, was to ask challenging questions, and was to um, 
was not to maintain the status quo necessarily within mm. the organization. Okay. And so you started having some conversations about pulling this together. Tell me more. Taya? Yeah. So over the course of the year, this pandemic year has allowed for that deep, slow thought to happen and these conversations. Now we've just recently started this, uh, this residency, Disruptor um, in Residence, with the COC. And we hope that over the next two years, we can really um, implement our values in wanting to decolonize this art form that we all dearly love, but also find very problematic um, by creating projects with the support of the COC um, to, to create work that is more collaborative, that is more um, decentralized, breaking down hi um, inherent hierarchies, and also hoping that the learnings go back and forth between both the COC and Amplified Opera. Hmm. And this is something, as you say, it's going to take place over two years. It's going to be allowed to, to grow and, and, and sort of really explore that whole idea so that you can really delve into this and shape it the way you want to. Why is this important? Why at this time do you think we need to challenge these things? This is Marion. Um, I think that it's important to challenge these things right now because there are a lot of people who have been existing in the system as it is, but without feeling that they can trust uh, that they will have a job if they speak up, mm. um, <laughs> that feel like they need a safer place to work. We're dealing with like hashtag me too and hashtag safe space mm. um, in all of these organizations across this nation. And it's time to find ways of working where everyone feels like they have a voice and like they have some input and where artists are treated equally um, and along with administrators, etc., because it has been uncomfortable for a while. And I think if you're not comfortable, it's really hard to make really great art. Mm -hmm. And uh, hi, this is Asita. I'd just like to also add to that. I think opera, as a traditionally Eurocentric art form as well, uh, comes with the uh, the implicit idea also to me that there are so many communities uh, who don't see themselves or don't feel adequately represented in opera um, due to issues of tokenism or racism that in its Eurocentric roots seemed okay at the time. But I think with um, the kind of community and uh, the nature of what Canadian society looks like as well, it's important that anyone from any community feels like they have a place, feels like they can come to an opera without seeing themselves or their um, race being made fun of or tokenized in any mm -hmm. way. I would actually like to acknowledge the your website, the Amplified Opera website. So amplifiedopera.com. You can go there to find out if people are listening that want to find out more. And what I was really pleased to see is how you are welcomed into the website itself. Because before you even enter the website, you are greeted with the land acknowledgement, which you are you can either bypass or you can go and watch the video to see how that land acknowledgement is portrayed and brought forward. You guys have really shown how and what you want to do by simply starting your website the way you did. Because that land acknowledgement is just a beautiful welcoming into to your site and into the, the land acknowledgements that we see going on. It does such a great job. So congratulations on that. 
So now let's talk about Amplified Opera, though. How, how did Amplified Opera come about? I nominate Aria or Taya. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I think um, it started out of conversations, really. Um, I was living in San Francisco. Um, I lived in San Francisco for two years. I was uh, a, a fellow at the San Francisco Opera. Mm. And um, I... I would come home to visit Toronto and I would meet up with Taya and we would have these conversations about some of the things that we were experiencing in the industry, some of the thoughts that we were having, um, some of, from my perspective, many of the conversations that we weren't having as an industry, um, that everyone was trying to sort of uh, dance around or sweep under the rug. Um, and we, we thought, um, what would happen if we actually empowered artists to speak up and speak their mind and prov provided a platform for them to be their authentic, whole, creative selves? Um, and we didn't, we, re we created an environment that uh, didn't call on them to compartmentalize parts of their identity or, uh, you know, worry that if they said certain things, they're there would be no space for them um, in this medium. And so we decided to, to just try a thing, I guess, is probably the best way. Taya had a grant application um, coming up. I had been uh, talking about starting a podcast with a colleague um, that we were going to call Amplified Opera. Um, and that fell through. So Taya was like, hey, can I use this name <laughs> to write this grant? And I was like, sure, totally. Um, and then things sort of snowballed. Um, and then after our first after our first concert series, the Amplified concert series in October mm. 2019, uh, Taya and I talked about what we wanted to do moving forward. Um, and Tay actually brought up the idea of expanding um, expanding the collective. And that's how that's how Marion and Asita were brought in. Um, and we've had we've had, you know, the the pandemic has been incredibly difficult. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, but I think one of the the silver linings is it has given us a lot of time to really get to know each other mm. and to really understand each other's values and to um, and to really uh, figure out how we work collaboratively. So I'm so thrilled that you brought up the land acknowledgement because that I think we, we say that was our first collaborative project mm. together. That was the first <laughs> thing we did as a group. Um, and it, I think I, we, we consider it a living document. We hope that mm. it'll evolve over time. But when I look at it now, it, it feels very much like us. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Aria, this is Taya speaking, by the way. Aria, I thought it was you had the idea to expand, but maybe we were just on the same wavelength or something. We had been working with Marion and Asita and some other projects with um, other, other colleagues in the opera industry and just really, um, I think feeling like we were resonating with each other and like we're all in the same wave path, you know, wavelength here. So why don't we have a conversation to see if they wanted to start doing stuff with us, you know, doing amplified opera with us. And with that, I think, um, yes, our land acknowledgement was our, was our first kind of public collaboration, but we really took a lot of time to, um, to also 
come come to a place of agreement and um, commitment to our values, our mission, our 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 vision, um, our mandate for Amplified Opera as well. And because of that, because of all of these Zoom conversations, we're all pros at Zoom now. <laughs> um, we have really, I think, planted deep roots for for. Um, supporting each other for this company, for the kind of community that we want to build and continue to nurture and grow into the future so we can um, help shift and expand this industry. Hmm. Okay. Now, you're saying Amplified Opera places artists at the center of public discourse, which makes sense because of what you're talking about. However, how does that change the perspective of an audience coming to see what you're doing. Is the emphasis more on the public discourse over the art that you're doing? You know what I'm saying? How's the balance going to... I think our, our priority is to invite the audience into the conversation mm. as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we invite... We certainly invite artists that we think are... Um, Thought, thoughtful, um, provocative in their ways, um, expressive, amazing creators to come work with us. And that was certainly the case for our first concert series. Um, and to speak to issues that are meaningful to them in ways that are meaningful to them. Um, but then our hope is that we create a space where then the audience themselves feel um, inspired to engage in conversation. Um, so for the Amplify concert series, we put a lot of thought into how we would actually um, treat the venue itself. So giving opportunities for people to leave messages um, or to talk into a camera or to uh, speak to the artist directly. And then we had um, we had a, a talk back panel after each each evening where we invited additional, guests to react to the concert and then opened the floor up to audience conversations. Um, so it's really trying, I think, to use art as a catalyst for conversation, which is, I think, something that all art does, um, but to bring a, a mindfulness to it, I think, is what we're attempting to do. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And if I may add also, um, I think especially opening up spaces so that um, what the spaces we try to encourage are spaces where artists can come together and offer their own ideas as opposed to the compartmentalizing of that, that we are used to in the industry where it's like, you're here to do this, just stick to that. Um, also opens up avenues for, I, for a greater pool of ideas that can be presented on stage, which in turn, I think, um, has an effect on an audience that may come to see it to see a show and may see something that they may not have seen if it was just one person making the one decision about what this person does on stage as well. Mm. Um, I know I'm speaking in, in hypotheticals, but I hope that um, makes sense. Yeah. And if I might jump in, this is Marion. Um, there is in the opera industry across North America, a conversation about how to keep opera relevant and m many companies are really puzzled about how to draw new audience in. And it seems to be the conversation that comes up at every event. And if you're in conversation with your audience and asking them, 
what they're thinking about and what is important to them, then it's really, it seems easier to create content that is relevant to them, that makes them excited to come and see what's going on and to get involved in that conversation and to get involved in that community. Okay. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as ELMNTFM, and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We also welcome listeners on other radio stations. And you can also listen on your favorite podcast platform on our website as well at elementfm.ca and on our SoundCloud. So if you miss one of our conversations and interviews, you can always go back and listen and share at your leisure there. It's a pleasure to have on the show with me today, co-founders of Amplified Opera. Love the name, by the way, Amplified Opera. It's a great name. And with me here on the show, we have Taya Kasahara, Marion Newman, Asita Tenakun, and Arya Umazawa. And it's a pleasure to have them all here. And we are talking about the relationship that they have going on with the Canadian Opera Company. They are the distributors in residence. And it's a two-year program that they're going to be working through. Coming up rather soon, in the uh, beginning of March of this year, Amplified Opera is going to be taking a lead role in hosting a COC conversation. It's going to be called Gender and Opera, and it's going to be on March 5th of 2021. So we're pleased to be able to have them all here on the show to talk about this, about what they're doing, and about this disruptors in residence that they are uh, partnering with with the COC. By the way, it also happens that uh, Aria is the, the Canadian state director. What can we expect to, to see from this conversation in gender and opera that you guys are going to be doing on uh, March 5th? Um, I think we're we're going to have a conversation, um, just like a fun panel discussion. There'll be some clips of operas. Um, so there'll be a little bit of music, a little bit of discussion. Um, we've invited some amazing guests to join us in this conversation. Uh, Jonathan Christopher, who is a an amazing multidisciplinary performer, uh, Avery Jean Brennan, who is an activist, um, trans activist in the musical theater community, um, and Jonas uh, Spungen, who is one of the COC ensemble members. Uh, so we'll be joined by them to discuss the ways that gender have gender is portrayed, um, and and um, and I guess enforced in gender. Um, I think it's very interesting that while opera as a medium has gone through incredible shifts in terms of how it sounds, you know, it's a 400 year old, um, it's a 400 year old art form. Mm. Um, so it, it doesn't sound the same now as it did, you know, 400 years ago, but for some reason, our expectations of gender and gender roles have remained pretty much fixed over 400 centuries. Um, And so what are the implications of that and how might we um, make space for the complexities and the nuances and the um, full experience of gender um, in the opera industry today? Mm. So I think that's that's what we will be talking about. Okay. Now this, of course, is is something that you've already mentioned that you've done previously with uh, the work that you did in 2019, had conversations after the performances, brought audience members in to uh, talk and share. It leads into what we were going to talk about, The Queen and Me. Is that the show we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
I wrote this show a couple of years ago called mm -hmm. The Queen and Me, um, and it's currently in development. We're hoping to premiere it once the um, pandemic is over and we can return to theater safely. Um, and it basically, I used the character from the magic flute, Mozart's mm. very famous opera, The Queen of the Night, to become an advocate for for all the all the um, types of roles that women or gender diverse bodies play in the soprano and mezzo soprano repertoire and how this the way in which that we do perform these operas or expect to see operas is so i'm going to say policed you know we mm. we police gender the way in which we see it on the stage and need to see and and expect to see certain types of bodies playing certain types of roles, whether they're the femme fatale or the ingenue or the the cunning servant character or like the the heroine or the character or the female character or um, woman character that that goes mad or is is driven mad or kills herself or um, dies because of whatever ailment. Um, so. I wanted to expand that and also advocate for all of the the people, the the opera singers who have to play these roles and continue to be kind of limited by um, these often uh, very narrow depictions of women and womanhood and what that means. And being someone who is genderqueer, who is gender non-binary, who uses they, them pronouns, mm. it was very important to me to explore that within my own um career now that I'm 35, uh, you know, about 11, 12, 13 year career when I first started writing that show, um, to explore the way in which I had been limited and oppressed because of my gender. And and thank you for mentioning, I know that you were working on this, and it's going to be uh, developed through Amplified Opera Nightwood Theatre, as well as Theatre Gargantua, is that correct? That is, yes, those are our co-producing partners, and we're all kind of waiting patiently until mm. we can um, keep resuming um, design meetings and production meetings um, once the pandemic is over. Yeah, we're very excited to bring that show to Toronto audiences. Yeah, great. What have you guys found since you started this company, since you started working together, since you started bringing this forward? Have, have there been any surprises for you? Have you been uh, pleasantly surprised by things? Have you been particularly challenged in any any? given ways i think the most i i don't want to say it's surprising because in hindsight it kind of makes sense but something that did strike me and continues to strike me is how welcome these conversations are in spaces that have not traditionally had these conversations mm -hmm. and how especially for artists the the kind of feedback we're getting about how hungry and needed these conversations, how hungry they are for these conversations and for change and how needed these conversations are for spaces that they have worked in before, for spaces that they continue to work in. And I think it's been a reinforcement and it has encouraged me very much to continue in this vein. And it obviously also uh, kind of brings a sense of validation that this thing that we've embarked on and taken a chance on um, has legs and it is worth going down this path. Because of, of the way you're taking this, you say you wanted to challenge opera as a 400-year-old a, a medium and art form. Do you think that it's the audience 
that is is being challenged, or do you think the opera community itself and the industry that needs to be challenged? Yeah, that's a good question, and uh, it kind of bounces off what Asatha was saying. I think that um, something that I have really noticed since joining Amplified and having these conversations is that I, I really just needed some permission to do things differently and to, that even means think differently about how I engage with opera. And I've always engaged as a singer and I didn't think about actually leading things, mm. although I have, I have now a reputation for speaking up in rehearsal to try and make things more fair and more equitable for, for all the people in the room um, to, to give voice to artists um, where usually like the, the head honchos are the only ones that are making the decisions on our behalf. Mm. Um, so I think it's, it's a reciprocal effect when you open your mind to, to thinking about how, um, how you can uh, actually make a difference if you just step into that space and answer the questions that actually companies have been asking for a while. Like, how do we, how do we make the change that will, that will, help our art form move into the future um, in, a, in the best way possible. Um, just, j- just joining these three other people a couple times a week to have conversations about how we would like things done differently has given me a lot of, a lot of agency to try things differently outside of Amplified Opera. Mm. And, and different companies are, are really into that and into learning about what it is that we do. And it has taken me a while to start being able to, to be able to answer that question of like, what is different about Amplified Opera? Or what are you guys doing that, um, that other companies should be, should be watching for? But it's just simply that we are allowing ourselves to, to think um, more creatively uh, and, and to actually use our voices to speak up about things that we we've been thinking all along uh, and and that is helping to steer us into the direction of how you know how do you change how do you change things you simply do it <laughs> just do it <laughs> right now if people want to find out more or participate in this gender and opera conversation that you're going to have on March 5th how can people uh, get involved um, they can find a link at the COC website mm-hmm. um, Actually, yeah, coc.ca slash gender and opera. That's where you can find out about that, right? David, thank you so much for that help. (laughs) You're very very welcome. We'll also post some stuff on social media. So if you follow us at Amplified Opera, there's going to be lots of great links and photos to remind folks about the gender and opera panel. Mm. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Now, this isn't necessarily directly related, but I wanted to ask Taya about this. Your performances on the balconies. You know, one of the things that that artists are always uh, really uh, interested in is acoustics and how the performance space is going to react. What was it like for you to perform on the balconies? How How were the acoustics for you? Amazing, actually. <laughs> I'm really lucky that I'm situated here in an artscape uh, building um, in a new condo building right against another condo building and then right by the lake. Mm. So um, it's like singing in a giant, giant echo chamber or I guess stadium. <laughs> I've never sung in a stadium before. Um, and we actually started this off by doing kind of a artscape sing-along. So mm. announced it on our Facebook group for everyone to sing along right. to uh, Kelly Clarkson's Stronger right. just to um, kind of raise the morale, the right. energy 
I was blasting music through a, a big speaker that I had. So um, I decided, why don't I just do some opera and kind of follow suit what the um, Italians and other Europeans were doing. It was it was beautiful. We're going to have to end it there. Thank you all so much for taking part in the show. We look forward to hearing more about this. Please keep me in mind. We'd love to uh, have you back on the show again. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. The co-founders of Amplified Opera right here on Moment of Truth. And they are Taya Kasahara, Marion Newman, Asita Tenekun, and Arya Umezawa. Time for a short break. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. All right. Welcome to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and this is a special episode of Moment of Truth coming to you from Six Nations. And the reason it's coming to you from Six Nations is because I couldn't resist the opportunity to come out and uh, meet a couple of people uh, that I've known for quite a long time and actually touch base with uh, the guy who whose song we're going to be talking about, Josh Miller. Now, I've known Josh Miller for a long time. I, I first met him, I think, at CKRZ Radio on Six Nations. Uh, he was doing a gig at the station, but he is also a phenomenal guitar player and a great blues artist. He's been around the music industry for quite a number of years. He worked with Pappy Jong's blues band. He's had a three-wheel drive. He's had so many different uh, renditions of his stuff that he's been uh you know, slugging away and doing it. And he has a new song out. It's called Solidarity. We're going to listen to a little bit of that later on. But first of all, I want to welcome Josh Miller, as well as someone else that is here with him, Janet Rogers. And she is a part of the part of the team that is helping Josh. But the reason I wanted to get Janet in here is because Besides the song that Josh has put together, this song called Solidarity, and we're going to get into that, like I said, it's the video. And when Janet told me the backstory behind the video, I thought, this is cool. It's got a really neat story. And so we're going to talk about that. So it is a pleasure to welcome both Josh and Janet to the show. Say go, Josh. Say go, Janet. Say go. Say go. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. And Josh, really good to see you. Uh, we haven't seen each other for quite a while. I know I always see you online. You're doing stuff, and you got stuff happening around I, that. The last time I seen you, I'm I'm fairly positive, was at oh what a feeling the uh, King Biscuit Boy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. In Hamilton. Yeah. That was a good time. That was the last time I seen you. That was a, already a couple of years. Yeah, it was. Wow. It was, it was pre-COVID. But we go, <laughs> we do go back. We do go back a long ways. I think '90s. Yeah. Maybe the mid-90s, early 90s, something like that. I do remember. Yeah. I do remember that summer. I I do remember because you you were really, you were new to the area, Mm. exploring your roots. Mm -hmm. I do remember all that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still exploring those roots, Josh. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, don't we all, right? (laughs) Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's really great to have you guys here. And uh, the other thing, of course, talking about CKRZ Radio uh, the two of you are both board members of the radio station. Right. And when did you guys uh, join the board? It was pretty recent. Just It's only been a few months, uh, an effort to help revamp what's, yeah. what's going on over there. Yeah. Well, 31 years. It's in its 31st year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So congratulations to CKRZ. It's uh, you know certainly something that's always been very close to me. And I have to tell you, you you said exploring my roots and the radio station gave me an opportunity to do that mm-hmm. 
because I was offered that job as, as a news person. Right. And I thought, I can't think of a better way to learn about the community and immerse myself, you know, to start doing the news and cover the news for the community, right? Right. And so, uh, but the one thing, you know, sometimes as the news person and still exploring my roots and not necessarily knowing a lot of people in the community, sometimes I was the last person to know things, right? <laughs> so, and one, an example of that is... I kept hearing people talk about the monkey dog, right? There was this thing going around about the monkey dog, the monkey dog story, right? And I, I just thought it was like joking around. And then all of a sudden, I remember, oh, my God, this is an actual thing going on. What's happening, right? Right. So then uh, that became a big deal that we ended up doing a whole a whole session on and getting people into the radio station to right. talk about the monkey dog, the That's whole right. monkey dog thing. So, And the thing about, and the thing about that kind of work is especially if you're in a community for a long time, like me, you mm. know, me included, I started at the community radio here when I was like 15, right? Mm. And uh, what what happens is you grow up in front of everybody. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or you, you know, people yeah. you be, right. become intertwined in people's daily lives. You don't even realize it. And right. in radio, you know, people say, oh, we have breakfast with you every morning for the last 10 <laughs> years, you know what I mean? And... Uh, and you and you still get that. You still yeah. get that, even though I haven't been in radio for ten years. Sure. So you still you still hear stuff like that. You haven't been doing anything in radio for ten years. No. Wow. No. You used to be the DJ. You used to be DJ. I've held every position there. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yep. Janitor. I was, I was the yep janitor. <laughs> I was a tech. I was on air morning, on air afternoon. I was on overnight. Yeah. I did reception. Wow. Uh, oh, the only position I haven't held there would be the station manager. <laughs> okay. But I've, I've been production and, you right. know, everything you can think of. Sat on the board mm. a few different, at a few different occasions, mm -hmm. you know, been fired, been rehired, <laughs> you name it. So that, that station is a real yeah. part of me. Yeah, it, it's been a big part of all of us. And, and it's so wonderful to have that community radio station because, let's face it, radio is a different animal these days. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to Solidarity, your new song. Yes. And what a great song, Josh. Congratulations Thank on you. that song. I appreciate that. Tell me about how it came about. When did this come to you? Uh, I've been off sick. I've been, I've been really ill for the last few years. Oh, yeah? I, I would say the better part of 10 mm. and ignoring it. Oh. And it got worse and worse and worse to the point where uh, I was being hospitalized. And it turns out I have bad guts. Uh, colitis, diverticulitis, uh, things like that. Mm. It's it's a couple of different things. Mm. They removed my gallbladder, oh. so I have one kidney. You wow. know what I mean? Uh, there's some th there's some guts wow. prop issues going yeah, on yeah, inside yeah. of me. So uh, getting a hold of that. Yeah, spent a lot of time at home. Yeah, a lot of time inside your own thoughts, mm -hmm. and especially when the pandemic hit. Yeah, and I, you sure. see everybody's in their own thoughts, oh, especially yeah. if you're able to get on social media. Yeah. And when you and uh, what happened with me was I start seeing all of the negative things that were happening on social media in regards to uh, what was going on in Nova Scotia with the Mi'kmaq, oh, yeah. uh, what was going on in BC, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. What's going on right here with our own protests yeah. and our own land issues yeah. right here with Land Back. And, yeah. Um, it doesn't stop there. Mm. Uh, stuff that went on in North Dakota, yeah. right? Um, George Floyd, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't mm -hmm. stop. They're calling Kaepernick. There's all yeah. different, all these different things where people are trying to be heard mm. and everybody just stomps on them, mm. you know, uh, looks for a crack 
in their in their message so that they don't have to pay attention to the message. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I do. I do. Like, what are you yeah. kneeling for? You're missing the point. Right. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, writing songs in anger. So there's a couple of songs in that I have in anger. Right. But uh, what happened for this particular song, it, I was starting to notice positive things. I start noticing some of my friends that had something to say and they would post it on social media. And you could tell that they were educated themselves a little bit on a subject because they knew what they were talking about. Oh, there's somebody that understands. And that's cool. And then you, you when you click on them, see the, this algorithms thing, right? that they have with social media. Yeah. So when you start clicking on the positive things, next thing you know, you start seeing other positive things. And it, and it helped with my psych- psyche of mm. being angry and writing angry mm. songs. Mm. And the song wrote itself. Mm. The song yep. wrote itself really uh-huh. fast. And it, 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 was, it, wrote so, it wrote itself so fast that it was, when I showed it to somebody, oh, you got to get that down. Mm. You got to get that down. Mm. We got to record this. I heard your song. Let's shoot a video. It was really quick, all in a matter of matter of like a week and a half. Right, really fast. Wow, that. But, well, not not from the time we had the song recorded, but but from the time I wrote the song yep. to the time I performed it in front of somebody. Yeah. And then they said, "We got to do this." Okay. So it took the forefront. Yep. Of everything. Yeah. And that was it's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, so, when you wrote the song, what came to you first, the melody, the lyrics? How did it come to you? I I have. I write songs in melody. Okay. Melody and groove. Yeah. So I have archives <laughs> of grooves. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where yeah. and then I have a song idea, mm. and usually with the when I when a lyric hits me, it usually just spills out. Right. right? All of a sudden, it's like a word vomit thing, and then right. and if it's finished, it's finished. If it's not, I won't go back to it for sometimes years. Mm-hmm. You know, but sure. it sits. It sits there. I do. I don't know, hear you. you know. You know what I'm yeah. talking about. And, but this one, it was just it was it just poured out of me, and it was done. So then it was I, I heard it as a cry for unity. Mm-hmm. So I knew I wanted it to be like a thump, mm-hmm. a specific kind of a unity thump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a memorable groove. And, and I, all I did was take a scroll up because what I do is with my phone is if I have a song idea, mm-hmm. I'll play my guitar into my, record it into sure. my voice messages. Yep. And, and I have hundreds of those. <laughs> and I just scroll through and pick a couple and I, oh, there it is. Mm. That's the one. That's magic. That's yep. it. That's how I did it. Cool. Well, I think we've talked enough about this. I think we've teased people enough. Why don't we give the song a little bit of a spin? We'll listen to a little bit of this, and then we'll come back and talk more with Janet Rogers and Josh Miller right here on Element FM. Listen listen to Josh's new song. It's called Solidarity. Take a walk in my moccasins. I'll take a walk in your shoes. And when I sing my blues, you have me spread the news. Say you wanna stay, but where you land a helping hand? Cause I don't need another well, bam, thank you, bam. Where is your line in the sand? Solidarity. All right. That is Josh Miller's new song called Solidarity, and I think you'll agree it is a great song. Josh, great hook. I love the feel of the song. Like you said, it came out of 
new thinking, I guess, for you. Like you said, you you were stuck in the COVID mindset. You have some, some health issues that you were dealing with that were playing on you as well, making you think about things and I guess about life in general. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I mean, forced, really forced. Hmm. Like I, I, I have, you know, for a few years, I have in the back of my head, like, you know, I got to change. I got to fix this. Mm. I got to fix this. Mm. And then suddenly you get sick and it's not your choice anymore. Right. You have to. I'm lucky in ways. This illness is like a blessing in disguise because it prevented those kinds of, you know, those kinds of illnesses. Mm. So I, so far, uh, it's forced me to eat better, mm-hmm. you know, take care, better, better mm-hmm. care of my body. And, mm-hmm. um, which when you eat better. Uh, then there's drinking better, uh, cutting out the pot, mostly mm-hmm. water, mm-hmm. water and coffee. Now it seems yeah. like, yeah. but even coffee for a while, there's pretty tough on the gut if you're not careful. Right. But um, uh, a lot less booze. Yeah. And that was a big thing mm. for uh, clearing the mind. Mm. And you start, you don't realize how clouded how clouded things are mm. until you can. Uh, clean up a little bit mm. and, that, and that's where I'm at and things are coming out clear mm-hmm. and I'm starting to see motivation yep. you know things that I, I have been lacking for a quite a quite a bit mm. and the friends that have helped me I you know Janet mm-hmm. um, Humble Man Recordings with Eric Anderson mm. here on the reserve mm. um, Shane Paulus is the video guy yeah and the, one co-producer of the yeah. video and uh, that's my little team. Mm. And they've all said they see a big change in me. It's mm. good It's good to see. Mm. And to hear them say that to me, it helps me like, more. Yeah. It's motivating. Right. So. Cool. That's, that's... It's almost like being in a slump and not realizing you're in a slump. Mm. And uh, I, can, I can say it's still too personal, but I know, I know what put me in that slump. Mm. But uh, I'm, I'm climbing out of it and it good. feels good. That's great, Josh. Thanks for sharing that, just that little bit. I think that other people can probably very much relate to it, first of all. And um, it might be helping others to hear what you're saying. So, uh, you know, appreciate you doing that. Mm. Now, Janet's been sitting there nice and quiet, (laughs) waiting in the background. Uh, And and Janet, you've been listening to all this. When did you start getting involved with Josh? Well... (laughs) I was doing something new with radio, and when I got back home, and I got back home to Six Nations like in June of uh, 2019, and I started to work on some radio projects, and one of them was uh, developing a pilot for a radio podcast comedy, Mm. and um, something just told me, get in touch with Josh. If there's anybody on this, in this community who knows anything about Res Radio, it's it's Josh. And when I contacted him, he, he sounded ready. Mm. He sounded ready to share his knowledge and skills and experience with the project, with the pilot project. And then that was kind of the impetus for this wonderful little collective. And we're not officially a collective. Like I'm not officially managing Josh's career, but <laughs> but I'm doing a lot of a lot of things to help. But um uh, that was kind of the start of where we connected with Eric Anderson, Humble Man Recording, who's here in the community, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Josh, who came in as a story consultant for the pilot uh, with the radio project, the podcast comedy project, and um, and I was producing that, and we, we recorded the pilot, and um, it, after that, 
uh, after we saw, hey, you know, look what we can do when we bring our skills together kind of thing. We just kind of kept going. And then Josh came out with the song, uh, Solidarity, and like it just hits you in the in all the right places it because does, yeah. it's it's anthemic. Mm. It's it's re- and it speaks to the time that we're all now experiencing collectively mm-hmm. uh, across our all of the territories mm-hmm. known as Canada, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the fact that Josh didn't, uh, in the song, didn't point to one specific um, reclamation event, that it's right. all inclusive. Right. And if you're down with a solidarity message, man, this is a song, you know, that, that can be your anthem mm. to help carry that message over. Um, so, and then when Shane came forward and he just came forward on his own, Shane yeah. Paulus, I'm talking yeah. about from Through the Red Door, but right. he also works independently yeah. as a camera person and an editor. When he came forward and he said, hey, I'm here because I, I follow Josh's career. Mm. I love the guy mm-hmm. and I want to I want to make this video. And mm. we were like, oh, cool. Right. <laughs> you know, like how often does that happen? So and I've always been saying, you know, I'm, I'm like the queen of grant writing. Like I write so many grants and so many proposals. <laughs> so when somebody, you know, comes and I've been saying this for a while, it's like um, collaboration is is the new grant. You know, mm. it's like mm. if it's because that grant is always a, a toss of the dice. Right. You don't know. Sure. You don't know that that's going to happen. Right. And if it doesn't happen, what happens to your project yep. and so on and so forth. So um, when Shane started to come into the mix, like it just really it really solidified the whole package. Nice. There's Josh with his talent and yep. his song. There's uh, Eric Anderson, Humble Man Recording, who's, you know, and, and uh, recorded. And then Al Duffy from uh, the band, Pappy John's band, uh, came forward and really helped mix and master mm. um, the, yeah. the final the final uh, track. Mm. And then uh, Shane came in and I was just like, you know, just helping in, in any way I could, producing, uh, securing locations, what have you, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And then now we're in the distribution mode. So we're sending our, our the song out to you, uh, and people at Element FM, hope they really dig it. And uh, yeah, we're, we're not recognizing the border in terms of uh, native radio, because as we know, the airwaves span all the land, the whole mm-hmm. land mass and mm-hmm. then some, you know. Um, so we're in distribution mode right now with the song and uh, yeah, looking to get it onto some charts and looking to get that so can money. <laughs> <laughs> their vision, their Baby. vision, they were, they were really able to uh, uh, put a visual to the song. When they, oh, yeah. when they, you know, who, do who a, is that? Uh, Janet, Janet and oh, yeah, yeah, Shane, yeah, yeah. Janet right. and Shane, yep. uh, um, to be able to, uh, have you seen the video, which is on YouTube, by on the YouTube. way, go <laughs> check it out. <laughs> yeah. Josh's YouTube channel. Joshua Arden Miller, <laughs> subscribe, all that. Yeah. Um, you'll be able to see uh, the, the, the picture that they're able to paint that really coincides with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And it's, it does. It's great. Yep. It, it just works yep. fantastic. And it turned out really, really good. It, it did. And, and you know, it goes along with that message like that you said about writing the song. Right. It came really quickly. It worked. It came together. Well, the video did the same thing. Exactly. It, it's just so crazy it how... It was kind of one of those things. It's, it was it's meant, meant to be. To be. That, yeah. Absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely right. And that, that's, that's kind of how it felt uh, even when Janet first asked me to... Uh, to work on on her radio project, mm. and and it was like what she asked for. What she asked for, David, was uh, funny stories from being on radio. Okay, so that's what I did. You know, all the stuff yeah. that happened. I mean, you sure. were there for a lot of them yeah. too. Some yeah. of the funny <laughs> stuff. And I was, I was, I do was tell these funny stories and yeah. write some funny commercials, right. and that, you know, and it was, 
it comes really natural to me and easy. And mm-hmm. I could, I when I think about it, it's, yeah, that would be difficult. Mm-hmm. So we lived it, so it's easy to just, mm-hmm. just think about them stories and to be able to write them down. And speaking of which, comes to mind is your song, "The Dozen Days of Christmas." Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's me and Murray. <laughs> yeah. That's me and Murray. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we did have a lot of fun. and, and But uh, uh, we knew, we I knew from working with Janet on that, you mm. know, she, she was motivated. And, and it's, I like I like the way that she handled mm. her business. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, I wanted that, you know, I wanted to be near that and have some of that rub off on me as somebody I could learn from. And, right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as E-L-M-N-T-F-M. And then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also be listening on one of the other radio stations that now carry Moment of Truth. So welcome to those listeners. Or you might be listening on your favorite podcast platform. So welcome all. It's a pleasure to have with me here in the studio. And I'll tell you, this is a special Six Nations edition. We're on Six Nations for this edition. And with me, I have Josh Miller in the studio And we are, of course, paying particular attention to the COVID rules. We are spacing ourselves and we are part, so don't worry about that. Also with me is Janet Rogers, and she's here to support Josh in what they were doing with Josh's new song called Solidarity. We've had a great discussion around solidarity, and we're going to probably end the show with a little bit more of Josh's song. And we're talking about how that song came about. Josh is sharing some some of the things that led up to how the song came about. And Janet is filling us in about the story behind the video. So Josh mentioned, if you go to Josh Arden Miller's site, his on YouTube, you can see the video. Now, am I correct? There's two versions of this song. Yes, no, a live version? Yes. Oh, right. right, a live version and a recorded version. Yes, see, though, this app, like I, like I explained a little earlier when I said that the song came about so fast. Yeah. Um, we were scheduled to do a, a, a Zoom broadcast for the uh, Toronto Blues Society, mm. uh, the 25th anniversary of Res Blues. Mm. And I was, this, 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 is, this is crazy story. Okay, we got time, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, we were scheduled to perform on Zoom. So the they, Toronto Blues Society contacted me. They told me what their budget was, and they asked me if I could get it done. So I found a studio. We we actually worked in a in a broadcast studio in Fort Erie, hmm. and uh, shout out to those guys at uh, Sessions on the River. Um, every Sunday we used to do a live Facebook sh- jam, hmm. and he in a studio that he you know they were broadcast out of that studio. So pe- it's like a, a licensed studio, so hmm. people could come in and and have their glass of wine and. Mm-hmm and enjoy music and mm. people would bring their instruments and get up and jam. So anyway, this is the place I chose to, to do the to do this performance. So uh I wrote the song and I said, check out this tune guys. And we went over it and and uh we were at the time me and Eric were starting to lay bed tracks at his studio. And I says I was work- I'm working on the song. At this point, the guys in the band haven't heard it yet. Okay. Yeah. Once I knew was the groove, and I was singing, yeah. it. and I showed it to the guys, and we start playing it, and they said, "Well, let's cut it. Let, let's let's try it out. Let's rehearse it." So we laid the song down, and 
performed it live on air for the 25th anniversary of Res Blues. That was sort of like our our, our, the, our third time ever playing it, rehearsal. Mm. Mm. And we actually did the song live for the broadcast before we went to the studio to record it. <laughs> so that's how that came about. Wow. And, and, and tell me about the players you're working with. Um, uh, right now, it's Oren Dockstater on drums. Uh, Oren is the uh, last remaining member of uh, in the band of the original Pappy John's band. Mm. The original Pappy John's band was uh, Donnie Paulus, Oren Doc Stater, um, Lorne Green, who is Graham Green's brother, mm-hmm. uh, and Chris Pappy John's. Mm. Mm. And over the years, the band members slowly changed. You know, Farron yeah. was in the band, yeah. Murray was yeah. in the band, yeah. I was in the band, Joe Mafood was in the band, John Lee was in the band. There was a, a lot of me- band members. Yeah. Uh, Oren, at this point, is the last member. And it just seemed time to change the name of the band. Mm. So, uh, uh, we, although we don't really know what to change the name of the band <laughs> to, <laughs> but I have all this music for an otomy. Yeah. So it just seems natural, just yeah. let's, let's go with this for now. Yeah, let's just go with it, right? Yeah. Let's just yeah. go with it. So... That, those are the, uh, right now, Oren, um, Blaine Bumbry, who is a fantastic uh, guitar player here mm-hmm. at Six Nations. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been uh, by my side for a lot of years. He does his own thing, mm-hmm. but uh, whenever, I, whenever I need him, he's, he always tries his hardest for me. Mm. So I appreciate him a lot. Uh, Al Duffy on bass, and he's also uh, the uh, producer. Mm. He's a uh, bass player. Uh, most notably known for his work with Jack DeKaiser. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's got uh, numerous awards through Jack, mm-hmm. you know, with Best Bass Player and his production work and mm. Best Albums. And mm. uh, Jack's albums are largely produced by him and, and uh, Jack and Al Duffy. Mm. So, um, and uh, did I get everybody? Yeah, that's everybody. That's just the four of us on the track. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, now... Tell us more about the video, because I think there's more, Janet, that you can share around how the video came together. I know you talked about the four people, but you, you, you hinted that it was sort of this community thing. What, what else came together around that video that makes it special? Yeah, when you think about um, people coming together, just coming forward on their own accord to help make a project, in, in this instance, the video project, it kind of solidifies the message of solidarity. People were working in solidarity Mm. together, Mm. you know, offering their resources and skills Mm. and experiences um, to make this come together. So to me, that was just like, wow, what a story, you know, as a, as a writer, but also as a, you know, promoter and production person, I'm thinking, this is, this is the story, man. Like, not only is the song writing itself, but the whole process uh, mm. and, you know, behind getting the song out is, right. is, is, is kind of got a life of its own. Great. Yes. And I think if people go now to watch that video, as we mentioned off the top, uh, we go to Josh Arden Miller uh, on YouTube and you can find that video, watch the video and hear that great song that Josh has written, Solidarity. It is great. Yeah. Please check it out. And uh, please, you know, follow up with Josh. Let him know you like the song. Support him. So congratulations once again, Josh. It is a powerful song, and I'm so happy for you, and uh, I wish you all the best with it. Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. I really appreciate that a lot. I, I, I want to thank uh, Janet and my team. Mm. You oh, know, right? Sure. It's, mm. uh, uh, ins- it's a really insurmountable without the help of, of people in their, in their specialties, oh, like, yeah. like specialty what she does, uh, especially what Shane did. What Shane mm. did, can you imagine? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
with the camera. I mean, he had drones. He had a drone camera. Yeah, he brought, camera he brought the whole, right. like, full yeah. full video shoot. Man. Oh, Shane, Shane's great. Shane's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Shane worked with Shane, so he's fabulous, yeah. You know, everybody is, is, is trying to get off the ground and do their thing mm. and coming together and helping each other do that. Mm. And it feels good. All right. And now you're in- implicated, David. <laughs> <laughs> implicated. <laughs> implicated in the <laughs> unity movement, man. <laughs> okay. Well, enough said on that. Let's listen to a little bit more of Josh's song, Solidarity, as we head out of this interview. I want to thank Janet Rogers as well as Josh Miller you know for coming in and talking to us about the new song, Solidarity. Let's give it a listen, and we will talk to you next time right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.